The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. But many saw them leaving and recognized them, and they ran on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is the gospel that we're having for Sunday that I picked to go with the Ephesians text that is actually our preaching text because right now we're going through the narrative lectionary. And this is actually the gospel text that goes along with the Ephesians text we did yesterday, Ephesians 2. Um, it goes along with it in the lectionary that's in the green hymnal, the, the LBW, the Lutheran Book of Worship, which is the hymnal that we use, the lectionary, this, this three-year assigned readings uh, thing for Sundays that, that tells us as pastors, basically, these are the texts that we're going to have in church. It makes it really easy. Uh, but this is, this is actually the preamble to the feeding of the 5,000 here in Mark chapter 6. And Mark 6 is this interesting chapter because it, it includes Jesus being rejected at Nazareth. They, they uh, aren't uh, very uh, happy with him <laughs> in, in some respects, uh, but also they're like, dude, this is Jesus. We, we saw him doing all sorts of stuff here in town. How, how can he be so smart and so powerful and all these things? And then he commissions his 12 apostles to, to go out and to heal people and to cast out demons and all this stuff, which they do, and to preach, preach to the people, uh, preaching repentance, turning from themselves towards God. And in the middle of that, we have the beheading of John the Baptist, the attempt to silence God, uh, Herod wanting to silence God uh, as John is speaking to him, telling him that it's not right for him to have stolen his brother's wife. Um, and then we have this section. The apostles return and they tell Jesus all the things that happened and then he says, okay, time for a vacation, time for some rest, uh, time for a Sabbath. Rest being one of those important things that some of us are good at and some of us are not so good at. Um, I need to work on that personally. Taking rest, being willing to go off to a remote place and rest. It's one of the things that Jesus teaches us without teaching us. It, it's, it's written in all the Gospels that he'd go off to a quiet place to pray. He'd go off to a quiet place, uh, a deserted place where no one could find him. He's alone. He's probably an introvert like me, um, but able to go off by himself uh, for rest, having rest be important. And here he wants to do that with his disciples because in part he says, many people were coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. Many people were coming and going, and they did not have time to do the essential things of life, to eat and all these things. It's one of those questions that we have, and for those of us who are doing ministry, whether it be volunteer or paid, there's always something more that can be done. Always one more person to be visited, one more phone call to make, one more email to write, uh, one more uh, word you can add to a sermon, uh, one more event that you could schedule. But what you end up doing is you start cramming all this time and you start losing out on those opportunities for rest, for recuperation, and for life. 
And so they do. They go off. But what ends up happening is the people are drawn to Jesus and they go racing after him and they get around to where he's going before he can get there. And I love this verse, verse 34. He saw a large crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That word compassion, I believe in the Greek, it's the splachna, it's the, it's the innards, it's the guts uh, that he was ripped apart because of them. But compassion comes from the Greek, I believe, yeah, or Latin, one of those old languages. I, I'm gonna say the Greek because it sounds Greek. Uh, but compassion means to suffer with, to suffer alongside somebody. It's not just kindness. It's quite literally, I think even more than empathy, it is suffering alongside uh, somebody. Being willing to cry with somebody. Being willing to listen to the same story for the fourth time because someone is so brokenhearted over this. It's, it's here Jesus coming and seeing that they're chasing after him because these people are hearing good news. And they're seeing him do these things to make himself known as the Christ, the Son of God in the world. And in part, he has compassion on them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. They did not have a guide. They did not have someone to guide them and to lead them in many respects. The, the, their, their, uh, whatever voices that were being preached into their ears were not granting them rest. Is granting them so many other things but that. Do more. Do this. Do that. Obey this. Obey that. And instead, Christ comes. And it says, then he began to teach them many things. He had to preach. He had to tell of them of the good news of God. He had to come to them and say, repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. The good news of the fact that you don't have to do, I'm going to do it for you. The good news of the gospel in that uh, when we fail at loving God and loving our neighbor, God comes to us as we confess to him, he comes to us and says, I'm loving you, and I'm loving your neighbor for you. Being the one who is willing to give himself fully to you in Christ. That's his job. That's what he wants to do as your God, to be your God and for you to be his people. And instead, we think that we need to work and get our resumes in order and do what we can in order to uh, make him happy. When in fact, he's done it all for us. He's shown his compassion to us and he will continue to do it because he speaks to us. These stories come back to us regularly. So my prayer for you for this week, what sort of things are you doing that you think you need to do in order to meet some sort of standard to be loved by God, or to love God more, or to love your neighbor more in a particular way? What sort of things are you doing out of obligation rather than out of joy? What sort of things are you doing that you think, well, this is just what I'm supposed to do? And you're doing it more by rote 
than anything. I wonder what those things are. And then maybe the question is, and maybe we need to talk about it. I'm your pastor. What, uh, what can we do to maybe help you with that? That you might stop trying to do more and instead rest in Christ as the shepherd of your soul. Let us pray. Lord of all power and might, who art the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of thy name, increase in us true religion, nourish us, nourish us with all goodness, and of thy great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, go in peace. Serve the Lord, and we will uh, see you next week.